It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. That class to basically gain more influence, more money, more power, forcing all people to be equal, forcing, forcing all people to be equal, no matter their circumstance or their behavior. I mean, this is all critical race theory, and it's being implemented now throughout the federal government. You thought it was bad no, when I, it was being taught to your kids. Now we're talking wait, 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 about wait. the full breadth and power. No, the left keeps saying that no one's teaching critical race theory. The left says nobody's teaching critical oh, race theory to they're kids. Teaching it. Nobody's teaching critical race theory to our teachers. Nobody's teaching critical race theory to anybody. Critical race theory is made up. You guys are just kidding around. That that doesn't even exist. No, they're teaching it. They're teaching, and what they're doing is through these federal agencies, over ninety different federal agencies, they're teaching that the only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. Right. The only remedy to present discrimination is future discrimination. So what we're basically left with under critical race theory and what Biden has in store for our federal government going forward, well, at least until President Trump mm -hmm. is reelected, mm -hmm. what he has in store is basically a past, present, and future that is just chock full of discrimination. That, I mean, that's all the that's that's the problem with this is that when you're discriminating against one set of people and you try and solve that by discriminating against another set of people, there's going to be another set of people that go, wait, 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 wait. Now you're discriminating against us, too. You got to discriminate against the other two sets of people so that, you know, we get our fair share. The, John Roberts said this on the Supreme Court. And, you know, I'm not a fan of John Roberts, but this, I think, is the most brilliant thing he's ever said, because it's just so simple. The only way to stop racial discrimination is to stop discriminating on the basis of race. The, the only way to stop violence is to stop being violent, right? But look, isn't America built around the shared values and the aspirations of the merit system? But what the Biden administration is doing, just like with their nominee to the Supreme Court. Right. See, I mean, that was not. OK, there's, was there's she always going to be yeah, possibly maybe. But we don't know. Was she the most qualified? But he made it all about race and, and sex her, and her gender. That's all it was. And that's the problem. There's a, there's an asterisk next to her name, just like with Elena Kagan. And, and she did this to herself. She said there's there's nothing better than a wise Latina. So she's she threw race into her nomination process as well. It was unnecessary and it's not helpful. It's divisive. It's destructive. But see, America was built around the shared values and aspirations of opportunity and merit. And I mean, if that's not good enough for you, if you say, you know, hey, I, I need more. I need more equity. Well, hold on. Hold on. Wait, how do they put this? Uh, they put it. Uh, I, I need more fair, just and impartial treatment. OK, which again, well, wait, wait, wait. that we, means we not discriminating. Well, uh, 
if we're going to be fair, no, nope. we're going to be just, and we're going to be impartial. Are you not paying attention? Critical race theory is all words about words have meaning. If you're telling me that we're going to be impartial, then race can't come into it. We can't judge someone on the basis of the color of their skin or on their gender. Otherwise, we are being, by definition, partial. I if don't you want think to be impartial, I think you do understand. I know what the but words mean. Ignoring- well, critical race theory is, again, the only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. The only remedy to present but, discrimination is future But this is where the whole theory is flawed. Because you can't say that you've got to solve past discrimination with future discrimination and be impartial. You cannot discriminate and be impartial. Those two things are opposite words. If you're going to discriminate, you're being partial by definition. If you're going to be impartial, then you're not discriminating. And and for many people listening right now, they go, well, you're just talking about critical race theory. Yeah. I mean, we've been talking about critical race theory. But on April the 14th, so last week, La- uh-huh. this is completely new. And not a lot of people, I haven't seen this reported in mainstream media, mm-hmm. know about this. But the Biden administration issued an executive order. And the title of this executive order is Advancing Racial Equity and Support for Underserved Communities Through the Federal Government. And in that executive order, he directs 90 federal agencies. I mean, this is brand new. 90 federal agencies. 90 federal agencies to announce equity action plans. But see, equity... To address inequality... In American society. You, you can't do that through racial discrimination. But the, All you do is you create more inequality. So basically what they're doing, and I mean... He's forcing that. And by the way, notice he's doing this through an executive order, not through law, because this would never get through Congress. But what he's doing is lowering standards. No, he, what he's he, doing he's is... He's diluting meritocracy. Well, yeah, that's true. He is diluting meritocracy, but he's also doing something that's un-American. The Declaration of Independence says we were all created equal. And Joe Biden says, no, we weren't. Okay, but and the question you have to ask those on the left mm-hmm. is, should our lives be arranged so that everybody will finish at the finish line at the same time instead of just making sure that everyone begins at the starting line at the same time? And I know there's a lot of folks out there listening right now that says, oh, how can we ever? We were, we were slaves. How can we ever? No, no, no. You, never, you weren't slaves. I'm sorry, there's not a single person alive in America today that's been a slave. It's systematic racism. No, it's not. And so, therefore, we'll never get a fair shot. We'll never get an equal opportunity. We need the Biden administration policies. That is a victim mindset, and it's also un-American. Let's get to the top three things you need to know before tomorrow. The Florida Senate voted today to remove Disney's self-governing status within the state. Disney World has currently organized its own political entity, kind of like a city would be. Disney has its own fire department, utility company, and has the power to plan, build, and maintain roadways. But since Disney began getting more involved in Florida politics and protested the intentionally misnamed Don't Say Gay bill, Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis had threatened to take away Disney's special governmental status. The bill will now head to the House, where it's expected to pass. Now, that would have been big enough news on its own, but... The state of Florida uh-huh. owns one million, nearly one million shares in Twitter. Uh-huh. And now the state retirement fund there in Florida is considering suing 
Twitter, the Twitter over the board, Musk. The board of directors for not accepting that premium offer from Musk. Second thing you need to know before tomorrow, the former head of the Mississippi Department of Human Services has been indicted on an additional 20 counts of misusing funds meant for low-income residents in that state. John Davis is charged with bribery, conspiracy, and making false statements to the government. Among the charges is the claim that Davis allowed the money to be used to pay for drug rehab for a professional wrestler, wrestler Brett DeBiase. And $48,000 to Biasi for a job at the Department of Human Services that he never showed up for. And all more than $77 million of welfare funds were spent on non-welfare products. You know, it, I, I bet he was a Democrat. No, he was a Republican. Really? Yeah. That's surprising. And the third thing you need to know before tomorrow, the Republican Party in Tennessee has kicked three Republicans out of this year's congressional races. Last night, the party said Morgan Ortegas, Robbie Starbuck, and Baxter Lee would not be allowed to run for the open 5th Congressional District as Republicans. Ortegas has already been endorsed by President Trump and had previously served as his State Department spokesperson. The party said the three candidates didn't meet new residency requirements, even though the new law passed this spring does not officially apply to any of the three candidates in this campaign. There are still nine other Republicans in the race for the open seat. There's still a red tsunami coming. There's a lot of folks, a lot of Republican candidates that are out there. They want to be heard. Coming up next, we're talking to American Mamas. They want to be heard, too. So stick around. American Ground Radio. With Louis R. Avalone and Stephen Parr, where your privacy is important to us. And uh, we won't tell anyone you're listening. Conservatives are being censored on social media. Welcome back to American Ground Radio. I'm Stephen Parr with Louis R. Avalone. No, many people don't know this about Disney, but Walt Disney made an outstanding deal with the Florida legislature back in 1967. Right. And basically, it gave Disney free reign. So every time they built a new theme park, every time they built a new building, uh, expanded, there were no permits that were required. You know, if you're going to remodel your home, if you were going to add on to your manufacturing plant, you would have to get permits. You'd have to have the, you know, the plumbing permit and the electrician. You'd have to get, you know, in many cases, you'd have to go between a or before a metropolitan planning commission. But the deal that Walt Disney World worked out with the Florida legislature was they didn't have to answer to anyone. They had complete free reign to do whatever they wanted. And now that they've become so woke, well, Governor DeSantis, the people of the state of Florida are like, wait a minute. Hold on a minute. We're not having any of this. Right. Right. I mean, because the, the problem is that would, would the, this the isn't fight who that, we are. The fight that Disney chose isn't a fight that they're going to be able to win. This isn't what the people in the state of Florida want. It's no, just not. No, it's not. So anyway. Oh, Jen Psaki. Uh-huh. I mean, she just is. She's such a gem. She's such a gem in terms of basically leaking out what it is that the left is thinking about this whole mask mandate yeah, i know right. we've been talking about it you know hey this is about power this is about control uh-huh well she basically admitted that today in the white house briefing room take a listen um so uh, and we disagreed with the decision immediately so uh the immediate steps were to determine uh what power we had to respond to that obviously that uh that uh came in the form of uh the department of justice came in the form of the cdc acting um and putting out the statements that they did but 
Um, you know, we also don't take photos of flights as data about how the country reacts uh, to issues. Um, you know, as whether they're ripping off their their masks or not. I mean, our focus here was seeing what power we had to preserve. Uh, okay, did what you we hear that? Hold on, just stop that. Just stop that. Did you hear that? She said, "Our focus, our focus. This is with respect to the forced masking right. of passengers on planes. Uh-huh. Our focus here, she says, was seeing what power." We had to preserve. It's all about the preservation right. of their own existence. They want to know what government can do. They are not interested in what government should do. Or and the, that's or the, the results. Or the right. results. The, the, the outcome of it. It's all about power, power and holding on to it. And she just said the quiet part out loud. We got a question for our American mamas. Dear mamas, is uh, if, if trans women are real women, then why are they getting real women pregnant in a women's only jail? <laughs> Let's ask our American mamas. Mama, mama. And joining us now are American Mamas, Terry Nettaville and Denise Arthur. Uh, I believe this was this was in a, a jail in New Jersey. Uh, An all-women's prison. All-women's prison in New Jersey, except that there's a transgender inmate in there, and two different women were impregnated by the transgender inmate, mm-hmm. basically the male, because again... Right. Can't can't be making babies uh, if you don't have you know all the necessary ingredients. Did we not call this? Did oh, we yeah. not call this? Yeah, but Terry, the thing is, like the spokesman said, this was consensual sexual relationships yeah. with another incarcerated. We, we knew person. that this was going to happen. There also in that same article, it said that um, there are women who have complained that they feel threatened and they've been harassed by these transgender inmates. Yeah, they're supposed to be shutting it down. And these and these inmates that have to undergo sex reassignment surgery in order to be. You know, bi- housing these biological yeah, no, you women have to, facilities. I, you just have to say you yeah, are. They you have, you are. Yeah, they have so, 27 transgender So they can say there. that they are, but they could just be horny perverts that just want to go get <gasps> with the women in their in their jail house. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know, and so, it is. you know, we called it years ago. We said, this is going to cause a problem. There's going to be pregnant inmates. Right. And there's going to be women who are raped by these biological men. And this is exactly what's happening. And yet you have the woke. I can't. Let me see. If but I see, here's that. the thing, what? Terry, because I, I, I had to do it. I did a little reading on this. So in some articles, it will say that transgender, that does not mean their sexual preference. That right, means right. what their identity. That's what they identify. That's as. right. So that just like the swimmer. Yeah. See? Because yeah. he still He's enjoys girls and, and, and boys. And I think the same thing yeah. with Caitlyn Jenner, right? I think that she still loves women, but she just identifies as right? female. As, as, as female. a female. I, right? so. I believe so, yes. I think that's right. But um, I'm, Jeannie Honestly, Lacerio, I'm not an expert on no. Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. Well, okay, let me get back to this. The ACLU's legal director, uh, Jean Lacario. Mm-hmm. She told um, the in NewJersey.com that allowing biological men who identifies women to be housed along with biological women is in line with New Jersey's strong anti-discrimination laws that prevent discrimination and harassment on the basis of gender identity. But wait, doesn't it actually encourage harassment? If you have men inside the women's prison, yeah. doesn't that actually encourage yes, harassment? Yes, it does. But do they address that? Or do they socky it and they circle back and they come up with some spin that makes them feel okay about their decision? It's going to take the women in this prison to stand up and say, 
we don't feel safe in here. This is well, and that's what they've done. And here's the thing: you cannot do, you cannot protect, uh, in order not to discriminate a certain group of people. And at the same token, you're putting a whole nother, which is the majority group of people, at risk like this. Yeah. Because that's just wrong. I don't care so who they're they gonna are. have a bunch of babies being born in the prison now, and I mean, there's only yeah, two. Yeah, who's gonna take care of those there's babies? There's two impregnated. So imagine how many have been having relations with yeah. this. And you know what? That's part of going to prison, sister. Yeah, doing yeah. without. Right. I'm just saying. Yeah. It's not you that'd know. Be prison. Oh, that'd be I, horrible. Well, this is. A, they're not going to do anything about it. That's the whole point. Nothing nothing is going to change. They could shut this place down and then the next place before you know it will be in the news. And has this probably happened already somewhere else, but we haven't heard about it? Mm-hmm. You can bet your bottom dollar it I has. I just wonder what is happening in this world? I don't know. The, what, what, where are we? What are we living in Do we right need now? a third prison? Do this we is, need, just like yeah. we do for sports, do we need a, a place third, where yes. they can all go and hang out together? I mean, I don't mind. Look, if you're going to go through the whole process and you've had gender reassignment, assignment then you are not putting those women at risk and you know oftentimes you see these big uh the flare-ups from different uh inmates you know they have a lot of rights inmates have rights whether you think it or not they do but apparently these women don't count why because they're women right and there's and they're claiming that they're being sexually harassed, yeah. that they're being raped. So wh- who is an advocate for them? Yeah, and you can't defend yourself uh, against no, uh, a, a strong a biological trans- male. Uh, yeah, yes. you can't. And it's interesting to see that this seems pretty much a one way street. It, for the most part, the people, inmates who are transgender who want to go to a different prison, it's men wanting to go to the women's prison. You don't see very no. many women wanting to go Absolutely. into the men's prison. I wonder how I, many. I don't if even. Any. I bet you it's there's very, none. very small. Do you think there's any? It, it's a couple. In California, for example, is like there's one or two. Wow. Yeah, but what what are the intentions there? Yeah, and I'm, I'm just sure saying. the men that they're the prison they're going to does not affect the men in the same way because they don't feel threatened when a transgender man comes in their midst because they know they can take them because they are biologically stronger. Well, yeah, and they have more to offer than the other inmates at prison. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, uh, it's the truth. This is, cra- this is a crazy world we're living well, in right now. Well, this is what happens when you open Pandora's box. You cannot, we're never, the genie's out. You're not going to be able to fix this. We can't go back to the way we were, but everybody deserves to be. I understand they're incarcerated, but some of the stuff that's going you're on is not You're saying there has to be fair. a solution. There has there to be has a solution. To, we have got to come with a solution because yeah. you're right. You're going to have to come up with a third. You're going to have to have a third kind of prison. If you'd like to ask our American Mamas a question, go to our website, AmericanGroundRadio.com slash Mamas, and click on the Ask the Mamas button. Terry Nutterville, Denise Arthur. Thank y'all. Thank you. Coming up next, we are digging deep. We'll be right back. You're listening to American Ground Radio. Welcome back to American Ground Radio. I'm Stephen Parr with Louis Sar Avalone. No, I think we talked about this last week. We said, look, you know what? If you're going to teach our children about their sexual identity mm-hmm. or well, no 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 not their sexual identity if you're going to teach your children about what you think their sexual identity should be if you're going to indoctrinate our kids into your philosophy of sexual identity in our in our public schools right. for example with my taxpayers paying for you to teach my kids something that's absolutely not true then why can't a parent come into the classroom and teach about Jesus Christ. Right. I mean, I mean, seriously, if be- we're going to be teaching about that. Because if you're teaching people that they can change their gender, that is a religion. That is not science. That is that is 100% just based on faith. Faith in what? I'm not sure because it's not faith on anything that's written down. So there is a Louisiana teacher who says 
basically the same, that if educators can teach her children about gender identities, Mm -hmm. why couldn't she teach them, those same students, about God and how God doesn't make mistakes? Take a listen. If schools are allowed to teach gender identity to elementary children, then I, as a elementary educator, should also have the freedom to teach them about how God was not confused when he designed them. I should be able to teach them about Jesus and how God created them, a boy or a girl, on purpose and for a purpose. If you have the freedom to teach my child that they might be confused about their gender, then I should also have the liberty to teach your child that God did not make a mistake when he created them. I think it's time we even out the playing ground. I kind of agree with that. Okay, well, wait a minute. There's a lot of folks that say, wait a minute, stop right there. Uh Uh-huh. That's not my family's belief about Jesus Christ. Mm, Interesting. It's not my family's belief either that you can change your gender Uh under whim. Uh So why is it okay for one political ideology Uh to be able to impose its beliefs on... Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Others. And again, when we're talking about something like being able to change gender, that's not just a political ideology. Okay, but that's that gets into more of a spiritual ideology. Well, even if you don't get into that. Okay. Even if you don't get into that, the fact of the matter is, if your family's belief system is such that you can't choose your gender. Right. You don't believe that, but yet. It's okay for that belief system to be imposed upon your children. But if you want to talk about what you God, believe in, if you want to pray uh-huh. in school, if you want to tell some self-evident truths, if you want to say a prayer before a football game. Oh, no, I can't do that. But folks say, oh, well, you can't impose your beliefs on us. Uh, what are you doing? I mean, I mean, what's good for the goose should be good for the gander. It's time to dig deep. Working in a coal mine, going down, down, down. Working in a coal mine, about to step down. Working in a coal mine. We say on the show all the time, the greatness of America comes from the greatness within you, right? Within me, yeah. yeah. I know, not, I know. Not just you. Not just not, me. Not just no, you. No, not everyone. I, I there, got it. There's greatness inside every person. Some people don't realize uh-huh. just how what greatness is inside them. I think most people go through life without ever fully realizing the greatness that's within them. Absolutely. The more Americans we can get to reach their full potential, to realize their full greatness, the stronger our nation is as a whole. That's a fundamental belief we have in the show. That's how we can make a better 
America. So why do we make it so difficult for people to achieve their greatness, to pursue their happiness in this country? Wait a minute. What are you talking about? Is this more critical race theory no. and trying to even the playing field? So no, this is... Or the equal outcomes? This is a, a new report out for our, the Institute for Justice called Barriers to Business. It looks at how cities across America make it very difficult for individual people to start up a new business, to achieve their personal greatness. Okay, you've got an idea inside you. You've got something that you want to do. You want to pursue your happiness. You want to start a new business. You are going to have to pay. You're going to have to jump through some hoops, and it's going to take a long time to get that accomplished. But that's because we keep electing people to offices uh-huh. that don't have any experience, any business experience, so they don't really know. You know, it's hard to know what someone needs right. unless you've walked the walk. But see, the government, not the just city talk government, the talk. The city governments are not interested in what the businesses needs. The city government's only interested in their own power. And that's why they create complexity. That's why they create delays. And that's why they increase costs. You know, I, I, I get that. But I, I'm also more inclined to say it's they don't know any better. Okay. So I'm just saying. So this report looks at how difficult is it to manage the red tape? How long does it take to get approval for your business to start? And how much does that whole process cost? Okay. okay. All right. They looked at a couple of different industries. If you want to start a restaurant, a bookstore, a food truck, a barbershop, or home tutoring. All right. Let's start with complexity. The number of forms you have to fill out just to start your business. How many pieces of paper do you actually have to sign and fill out these forms? Okay. So if you want to start just a home tutoring business in, say, Phoenix or Philadelphia, you have to sign seven different forms. Probably the Secretary of State, your your local New Orleans City gotta, Hall. New Orleans, you got to do eight. If you want to start a restaurant in New York or Atlanta, there are 20 different forms you have to fill out. In Boston, it's 22 different forms just to start your business. Wow. If you want to have a barbershop in Boston, it's 21 forms. In New York City, you have to have 24 forms. You have to fill out more forms for a barbershop in New York City than you do a restaurant in New York City. All right, let's start with um, how many agencies are involved? Because the more agencies that you have to go to that are involved, the longer it's going to take to get the approval. And all these agencies have their hand out. They by all the way. have their hand out and they all have their own little fiefdoms and they are completely in charge of their domain and you have to lick their boots and kowtow. All right, let's just start with home tutoring because this, this is the one that actually is the easiest to start in most of these cases, home tutoring. So if you want to start a home tutoring business in, say, St. Louis, Missouri, you have to go to eight different agencies just to, wow. to, to educate kids after school in your own home. In New York City, you have to go to nine different agencies if you want to do that. If you want to start a restaurant in San Francisco and Newark, New Jersey, you have to go to 11 different agencies. In Minneapolis, you have to go to 14 different agencies. And if you want to start a bookstore in New Orleans... You have to go to 13 different agencies in New Orleans and 16 in Newark. Again, you have to go to more agencies to start a bookstore in Newark than you do to start a restaurant in Newark. That's ridiculous. It's absolutely. And it's inefficient. But see, that's the way government works. I mean, they're they're spending other people's money on other people, which is the the least least efficient way to administer any resources whatsoever i am glad you brought up money let's talk about the total cost these are just the fees to get the approval this isn't your first month's rent this has nothing to do with your business this is just the paperwork and the approval process these numbers are astounding home tutoring if you want to do a home tutoring business in phoenix in your own home it's going to cost you 500 dollars for the paperwork 
In Jacksonville, Florida, it's going to cost you $1,588 just to be able to tutor kids after school in your own home. If you want to start a barbershop in Minneapolis, that's going to cost you $6,956. In San Francisco, a barbershop, the form, the paperwork, costs $14,305. And if you want to start a restaurant in Minneapolis, that's $13,973. In San Francisco, it's $22,648 before you can even open your doors. That Again, that doesn't include your rent. That doesn't include any... Okay, but salary? You, know, you say there's no good reason that it should cost that way. But you've got to understand the people that you're electing to office, they believe that those who start businesses, they're rich. And the rich deserve to pay more. They can afford it. No, you're not rich if you're starting your own business. You're poor for a long time. You hope to get rich in the future, but but you're not. And why should why should we make it to where it's so expensive that only the rich can start their own businesses? Not only is that not good for individual people. But because it's not good for individual people, it's not good for the city, and it's not good for the country. We'll be back. You're listening to American Ground Radio. Welcome back to American Ground Radio. I'm Stephen Paul with Lewis Sar Abalone. You know, there are reporting and recusal requirements for federal employees when they are in negotiations for outside employment. Now, Jen Psaki mm-hmm. has been in negotiations yes. with MSNBC for literally months. For a new gig with them, yeah. But at the same time, and she's disparaging mm-hmm. the competitors Fox of News. MSNBC at the yeah. same time. Yeah. So there are federal requirements for her mm-hmm. to report and to recuse herself, mm-hmm. and she hasn't done it. I mean, she's. I, I think right. she's, she's openly... She's openly skirted the law. I am sure that as a Democrat in a position of power, a high profile Democrat who is obviously breaking those federal requirements, I am sure she's going to be punished to the full extent of the law. Oh, and I'm sure it keeps her up at night. Like every other Democrat that that is. Well, you know, she's Mm. crying now. She's Uh, she's those tears are just falling, saying that, you know, Basically, you know, Florida's education law, you know, mm-hmm. don't say gay. Yeah, which, you know, that's which not what the law it says. doesn't say that. And yeah. so she was crying. I mean, mm-hmm. there were tears. I mean, she really broke down. Mm-hmm. And my question is, what about the young girls that are being raped as they're being trafficked into the United States across the southern border? No, no, that's that's not sad. You know, she, what about no. what about the 13, uh, uh, 13 men and women who died? Under Joe Biden's failed leadership in Afghanistan. What about the girl who was raped in the restroom, the girls restroom at the high school in Virginia, because the supposed transgender boy was allowed to go into her restroom? What about her? We're not crying for her. I didn't see Chin Saki's tears. And that story, that story should have made her irate. But see, this is the thing about the left. It's their tears are they're so opportune. I mean, mm. they're there's they're. they're it's it's politically motivated. It's not morally motivated. It's not real. It's not real. We need a bright spot. I'm doing all right. Getting good grades. The future's so bright. I gotta wear shade. 
Okay, Laurent Singletary was the chief of police for Rochester, New York, back in 2020. That's when the mayor of Rochester, Lovely Warren, blamed Singletary and the police for the death of a man named Daniel Prude. Now, Prude was in police custody. He was spitting on officers, and then he keeled over and passed out and died. The autopsy cited excited delirium because of his being restrained. It also, you know, mentioned in passing, the guy was high on PCP. Oh, but these, come on. No, this is just pr- police brutality. Yeah, so the, it's the abuse of right. power. The, the mayor blamed the cops, and Singletary resigned in protest, and so did his entire command staff oh, for the wow. city of Rochester. He said, as a man of integrity, I will not sit idly by while outside entities attempt to destroy my character. He later sued the city for defamation and for creating a hostile work environment. And the city settled with him for $75,000. And what's more is the mayor was eventually kicked out of office after pleading guilty to campaign finance charges. Now, you ready for the bright spot? Singletary is running for Congress on a law and order platform in Rochester, New York. Take a listen. As Rochester, New York's chief of police, I suffered through Democratic politicians' efforts to defund and dismantle my police department and their liberal hatred of law and order for what they naively call racial justice. It isn't just divisive, it's dangerous, and it's made our communities unsafe. My name is Laron Singletary, and I've had enough of the dangerous agenda from the liberal left. I am a former police chief, a former Democrat, And I'm running for Congress as a proud Republican to end the madness and fight to keep our communities safe. Wait a minute. This is African-American. It is. And he's running as a Republican. It is. Does he realize that is the party of racists? I don't think he does. Yeah, well, no. You know why? Because it's not. Because it's not. Historically, that is the party of the Lincoln. The abolitionist. Right. I mean, okay. Well, that's a very powerful, powerful statement now as he mentioned yes he was a democrat he was he was a lifelong democrat and he is now running as a republican here's him telling about why I grew up a democrat in a democrat household in a democrat city i love but i simply will not stand by while today's liberal politicians put us in danger this is not our parents democratic party they're obsessed with political correctness instead of strengthening our communities defunding the police, releasing dangerous criminals without bail. It has to change. And it starts by changing our politicians. It's almost like he's listening to the show. No, but that is a great point. And I don't hear it enough. And Mm -hmm. that is, this is not your parents, your grandparents' Democrat Party. And indeed, the media will lie to you. And And I'm saying this because I've seen them put it in print numerous times. They say the Republican Party has become so radical. But no, the Republican Party hasn't changed. It is the Democrat Party that has become so crazy. Right. Well, the left They're is the, the ones right. that have changed the most. Well, the left is the party of projection. Think of the things that that the Democrat Party stands for now. And then think back to during Barack Obama's when Barack Obama first became president. He was not in favor of same sex marriage, much less teaching transgenderism in elementary schools. But you know who was Joe Biden? Joe Biden is the one that came out and he said he outed he outed Obama. He said that Obama agreed with him. And so at that after that, Obama was like, but Joe Biden didn't always didn't always think that that was right 
Look, I don't know if like abortion. I I don't know if um, that's another subject. Uh, if if Laurent Singletary can win, um, his his campaign opponent won the last election by twenty points, and his campaign opponent's got half a million dollars in the bank. Singletary only has one hundred thirty thousand. But in a red wave year, it could be possible. And I do think it's a good sign and a bright spot that more and more people are leaving the Democrat Party. We'll be back. You're listening to American Ground Radio. Welcome back to American Ground Radio. I'm Stephen Parr with Louis R. Avalone. You know, all the demographics that the Democrats take for granted are shifting away. Hispanics, Latinos, they're shifting more right. Mm-hmm. 54%. 54% of Hispanic voters disapprove of President Biden's job performance. 54%. 54%. Yeah, well, uh, I'm surprised that I'm surprised that there are any that approve of his job performance. And, and the Democrat Party is out there, you know, saying, "Oh, we're so welcoming. We're so tolerate or or tolerant uh-huh. of of others and others viewpoints." Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of Latinos, African Americans who out themselves as conservatives. See the the left and, and the left is like you have no place here. The left is tolerant of the way people look. They're not tolerant of the way that people look at things. That's very well put. That's absolutely well put and that is Indeed, because whenever there's a a black conservative, right? Oh, he's an Uncle Tom, right? Oh, he's an Uncle Tom, and and they do the and, same. And if you doubt us, if you doubt us, just ask Tim Scott, just ask Clarence Thomas, just ask Candace Owens. How about Kanye? Kanye, I mean, maybe many people don't consider him to be a conservative. Yeah, yeah. But still, when Kanye came out and said he supported Trump, the entire left went, "Whoa." You ever had an Arizona iced tea? You know, I think I have. Yeah, they come in those big, long cans, the big, tall cans. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, 30 years ago, when Arizona iced tea was first hitting the shelves, those big cans cost 99 cents. Oh, my. Today. Oh, my. They still cost 99 cents. Uh-oh. Dan Voltaggio is the co-founder of the company. He runs it with his two kids. He he says he's not planning on raising prices anytime soon, even though inflation is taking a big hit on his bottom line. I mean, the cost of aluminum cans has doubled. His transportation costs are skyrocketing. But Don says that 99-cent price is important to him and his customers. He told the Los Angeles Times, when things go against you, you tighten your belt. I don't want to do what the bread guys are doing and the gas guys are doing and everybody else is doing. Consumers don't need another price increase from a guy like me. Amen, brother. May your pursuit of happiness bring you joy. 